You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of The Promised Land, a Manchester United podcast brought to you by the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined once again by football journalist and United season ticket holder Rob Blanchett. Remember to subscribe to our show. We're on Apple, Spotify and Google Pods and follow us on Twitter too. You can find us at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promised Land MU. I was going to ask you, Rob, how are you doing? But I actually think I know how, you, how well you're doing. Probably not very well, right? Well, all I can keep hearing in my head going over and over again when I watch this Manchester United team is the Smith song called I Know It's Over. And it feels like that's where we're getting to with this management team and with what we're seeing for United. So do I feel good about Manchester United at the moment? Of course I don't. Uh, it's very, very hard to pluck the positives out of all of the negatives that we're seeing. We were just saying before we started recording that I've, I've worked in football for about seven years and Manchester United have always been... They've, they've never been the Manchester United we've known. And it always seems like when we're starting to get to a point where United are going to be back, they just continue to disappoint us. And they've always been this shadow of their former selves and they can just never come out of those shadows. Today, we will be... Rob and I, we don't actually think that we can look back at the Leicester game and do a review and like look, at, look ahead to the games against Atalanta and Liverpool uh, in the next few days, simply because it's already gone too far. Because there's themes in the United... United haven't played well all season, even since perhaps maybe the Leeds game at the start of the season was the only game where United have played well this season. And that was because Leeds are just a completely different team to everybody else you'll see uh, in, in terms of their playing style. It's already gone further than that. So today we're going to look at maybe the Leicester defeat and the disarray that came with it being a continuation of stuff we've already seen and how it could maybe affect United moving forward. Uh, we'll look at Paul Pogba's comments and read into those a little bit because I think there might have been a hint or two in what he said there. And we'll look at some, let's be real, there's some manager alternatives that are being pushed. Maybe not so much in England at the moment, but uh, it depends where you are, really. Uh, there's a lot of noise coming out of Spain and France about Zinedine Zidane and a lot of noise out of Italy about Antonio Conte. And there's other candidates in the frame as well. United's official line at the moment is that Oli's job is safe, but we've seen before that... A job can be safe and then within 24 hours, a job is gone. So we'll see. I think there's a big run of fixtures ahead uh, that, as we touched on last week, we mentioned Atalanta and Liverpool, Tottenham, Manchester City, loads of important games coming up. And if Manchester United continue putting in the level of performance that they, they did in the defeat to Leicester, he hasn't got much time, has he, Rob? 
No, he hasn't. I, I, I think he's got five games maximum to turn this around. And, uh, you know, I don't like saying stuff like that in a kind of throwaway sense because I think it sounds like a hot take and you hear fans say it a lot that you've got X amount of games and, and whatnot. But I think when you look at that run of the next five games and then you add that to what's happened in the last few weeks, you know, you could really have a completely dirty set of results. You know, if, you, if you've got that and you've got five games now that you don't turn it around in, and let's be honest, we know United can beat bigger teams. It's happened before, especially when they're playing poorly. But this feels a little bit different. You know, he's got a better squad. He's got different personnel. Unfortunately, I think the tactics are falling away further, like, People who don't like Solskjaer will say that he's not a tactician anyway and that they've seen this over the last two or three years. But I think what's more important is where you go going forward. And United have not got any clue about how to make this work. And that's the bit that kind of you know makes my heart sink because we needed a good start this year as a football club. We needed to see performances, but we needed more than anything results. And it already feels that City and Liverpool have got their skates on, they're playing good football, they're getting their results, they're doing what a team that wants to challenge for the title does. And United are doing the opposite. And unfortunately, you can only say that that's 100% unacceptable. Now, in the last few years, there's been a swell of support for Oli, uh, understandably as well. You know, he's come in as a a club favourite. He's doing a job that, has perhaps been necessary over the last few years with United trying to rediscover their identity on and off the pitch. Uh, But the signing of Ronaldo, the signing of Sancho, the signing of Varane in the summer meant that the pressure was going to be ramped up because this is now a team where, yes, they might lack a defensive midfielder, they might lack a midfielder, but every every title-challenging team lacks something. So you'd think that United are on a, in terms of their squad, they're on a par you'd think with the title contenders that are up there and actually going for it, like Manchester City, Liverpool and Chelsea, uh, that that cushion, I think, is gone. And that's why we're starting to see, even though United are only five points off the top of the league table, they are being judged by fans and by everyone else in a different light this season. Because I've heard a lot over the past few years that, oh, United don't have the squad to compete at the top of the league. They don't. They just don't. But they've spent three years or so trying to build a squad that can do that. And now they've got to a point where it's fair that you can argue that they should be going for it. So expectation level has been restored. And we were quite clear about that as soon as Cristiano Ronaldo signed, as soon as Sancho signed, as soon as Varane signed. Now is the time to start delivering and United are just not delivering. So we're not going to go into the Leicester defeat too much and specifically, but there was a continuation in a number of themes in that game and Leicester are a half decent team who haven't been in great form, but they absolutely picked United apart at times and dominated the game. They probably four, two flattered United to be fair. Uh, we've seen a continuation in a complete lack of identity and coaching. Something that bugs me is the lack of effort. Uh, you know, United always seem to do something and do their, they always seem to be on the ball in second gear. They always seem to press in second gear. They always seem to sit off in second gear. They don't really have, they don't have the same desire for me that a Manchester City and a Liverpool do. They don't get forward and chase in, and cohesively and this kind of stuff. You know, they, And another bugbear of mine, you've chased Jadon Sancho for two or three years in the transfer market and tried, tried to sign him, ended up signing him, and they just don't know how to use him. And he's not the only player in that team that they don't know how to use. So, Rob, is there anything in particular that you saw in that Leicester game that was a continuation of, you know, 
the last few weeks because I think we we pretty much agreed that they haven't played well since the Leeds game. And even that, you know, is a, is a one-off. There's one player playing well and his name is David De Gea and that is the sickener because if your goalkeeper is your player of the season so far, it tells you where you are. All those years that David De Gea won Player of the Year awards at Manchester United, it was a bit of a joke, wasn't it? Because that actually showed how bad the team were. <sighs> You know, this Manchester United team, in terms of talent and individuals, is not bad. It's a good team. It's a good set of players. And it needs the tactics to be able to mesh and find a way. Now, you just talked there about effort. You know, when it comes to desire, desire is coached on a, on a training pitch. That's where you find it first. If you watch Pep Guardiola train his guys and you watch Klopp, it's all about how to get the players to kind of see their philosophy and then reenact it with the ball at their feet. Now, I don't believe for one second that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is telling players not to run or not to make effort or et cetera, et cetera. But whatever's being translated from the coaching staff to the players, it is not working. So if it's not working, what do you do? We either have to do something different. And that, you know, there's two or three ways of doing that, whether you're the management team or whether you're the football club. Or you kind of get it into the players' heads, the what their individual roles are. And you try and at least impact maybe one or two players. You know, you try and find a way on the football pitch to to pick apart opponents, you know, in a more strategic way. Manchester United do none of that. You know, they've got Ronaldo. It doesn't matter. They've got Jadon Sancho. It doesn't matter. Bruno Fernandes is on a football pitch. It doesn't matter. None of it works. And I think that's the bit that feels a little bit like a car crash because there, there should be parts of it that are working. We should be able to do this podcast Scott and say do you know what United are doing this early season that's not quite working that needs tweaking but here we are if they're they're doing these bits well these players are playing well they're scoring goals and United are still floating around the top of of the table at the moment you just said they're five points behind that five points is going to be 15 points in the blink of an eye so even then we won't be able to use that as an excuse for Ole Ole will not be able to come out and say well we're still in it you know which is kind of what he has said in recent weeks but I think it was really telling at the end of that Leicester game and before, you know, I think Ole's pressers before and after were were different. And I think in the, the presser after that game, losing 4-2, he did look like a guy that had lost momentum, a guy that wasn't quite sure what was happening. And even his words were something along the lines to paraphrase him was that, yet maybe we have to make big changes. Maybe we should have had this shock to the system before, but we've had these shocks before, so why are we not playing well? It's kind of like, well, don't make your your comments rhetorical, Ole. Give us answers. Tell us what you want to see and what you want to do. So I think he's running out of ideas, and I think also because of that, he's running out of time. Uh, Ollie was not the only person to make comments after that game. I was going to touch on Paul Pogba's comments a bit later, but I think it's relevant to do so now. So... I've just picked a couple of sentences out from what he said. To be honest, we've been having this kind of game for a long time and we haven't found the problem in reference to the Leicester defeat. We need to find something. We need to change something. It's frustrating because it's something we don't understand and we have to find that very fast. Because if you want to compete and you want to win the title, those games you have to win, even though they're very hard and we're playing away. Now, we'll come to the the change something part of this uh, maybe a little bit later on in the show. But what does he, what does he mean there? I mean, we we always knew that United haven't. They've been quite loose, right? They've given up a lot of chances in games against the likes of 
Newcastle, uh, Wolves, they got very lucky in that game. And you've seen, I think, on Monday Night Football, uh, they put together a couple of, well, they put down a list of games where they've given up XG of like over two uh, in, in even games that they've won. And now they played against Leicester City, who were a half-decent team with some decent players who have half an idea about what they're doing and their identity. You know, I'm finding that <laughs> teams are coming into games knowing that they, if they just outwork United, they will get their rewards in a sense because United are just... It's the second gear thing that's really starting to bug me now, but we haven't found the problem. What what can what can that mean? Like, the problems are obvious, aren't they? The problems are obvious. I think what he's really saying is they haven't found the solution. So it's a it's a weird one with football, isn't it, Scott? Because like the prerequisite of playing professional football is that you put the work rate in, that you kind of have an idea about a system, that you know what to do with the ball at your feet and playing five and ten yard passes. These are not the bits of the game that need overt coaching. This is the real core basics. And United make these mistakes over and over again. So we did see it last year. But I think last year, before the signings, before the transfer window, it was it was an easy out to say, well, give it time. Because United were still winning games. United did end up last season, obviously, second in the Premier League. That's not a, a bad marker. It shows that there was progression in the squad. And they also got to uh, the final of a European uh, uh, major final. So obviously, the disappointment there is that you lose that game. but Ultimately, if you win that trophy, it doesn't really change a lot. It's more still about the progress of your squad. The progress has stopped. And I think when you look at Paul Pogba, Paul Pogba is a guy that said in the summer that he wants to play further up the pitch. He said it quite a few times for France of where he'd like to play. And he made that point that he wants to get goals and assists. Now, obviously, in this last game, you know, you've got injuries. You've maybe you're rejigging your, pers- uh, your personnel and you end up playing Paul Pogba in the double pivot, and he looks garbage. Why does he look garbage? It's because he's just not very good at it. He can play there, but he's not good at it. And you could see that afterwards when he made those comments, because that was directly on the pitch afterwards, the boy looks lost and he looks hurt. You know, he actually was kind of, when he was making those comments about the team, you know, he genuinely looked pained. You know, he looked like a guy who was like, this is horrible to do. That's an issue because that that shows, I think, a bit of a disconnect between one of your major players and the management staff. And let's be honest, we all know that Ronaldo probably feel that feels that. We know that Bruno feels that. We know all the top players really feel that. You can't go and make huge changes to your personnel now at this part of the season, but you have a good squad. You need better performances. So I don't know. I think with 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 what Pogba was saying, it definitely sounded like a hint that when he said something needs to change, and that was a direct quote on him, that he meant more than just a tactic here or there. It kind of feels that Manchester United's philosophy needs to change. And it feels like those end days of Mourinho because Jose Mourinho won lots of trophies, Hall of Fame coach, you know, huge personality. But the disconnect between the team and the manager was obvious on the pitch. That's why he lost his job. And that's why Ole will lose his job if this carries on. Do you think it's the players downing tools? I, I, I wouldn't say that, or is it more of a, just a complete lack of instruction showing up on the pitch? I think the players look confused as opposed to like 
lethargic in their their outlay. I don't think they don't want to win. And I think when you look at United, you, know, you look at the work rate stats and stuff like that, and they're fine. You know, when you look at how how far players are running and kind of the more uh, in depth metrics around you know the physicality parts of the game, there's no problem there. United are doing the work. But it just looks like they're not doing it because when you when you look at parts and phases of the game where you need it, it's not happening. So Paul Pogba in the double pivot, let's use him again. He did all the running he, he needs to do as a defensive midfielder or playing in front of the back four and doing those that role that he played. But he's just not very good at it, Scott. So he's not going to look good at it. You know, it's like it's like if you you put Scott McTominay at left wing. You know, people would say he's not very good in the midfield, but he wouldn't be very good on on the left wing either, would he? So yeah, I think that, that Ollie's trying to find maybe solutions when he doesn't need them. He needs to just get the team playing good, basic football as a core, as a starter, and giving players the right about a minute. So you just said they're Jaden Sancho. You know, here we are now, you know, 11 games into a campaign. Jaden Sancho is not really a starter yet, not a proper starter. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. Like Donny van der Beek, it happened to last year. And I think there were reasons that were logical why he wasn't playing games. Well, look, don't go and buy a guy for 76 million and then put him on as a super sub or or use him in that capacity over 11 matches. You know, it's now we've got to the point where it's 14 goals conceded in those 11 games and Manchester United have lost four of their last seven. It's just not good enough. <laughs> Doesn't bear thinking about really because you we are recording this ahead of the Atalanta game just in case you're listening afterwards. Uh, but Atalanta and Liverpool, the United's next two games, and you look at how they play football, how they know their identity and how they know that they have to work hard in order to win matches. Atalanta have done it. They've, they've been deep in the Champions League before. They, they score a lot of goals. Liverpool score a lot of goals. And Liverpool are in such form this season, they just bang Watford for five. Mo Salah's playing the football of his life. And... If United continue this theme of performance, they are going to get absolutely battered in these games. They are. And there was always this fear, like you just mentioned Mo Salah and the way he's playing. And for me, you know, he should probably win the Ballon d'Or. You know, he's the, probably, he's the best player on the planet as it stands, as much as it pains me to say that about Liverpool. But this was always the fear, I think, when you bought Ronaldo, that suddenly the focus would just be about one guy. That how do we get this guy ticking and popping and scoring goals? And I said at the start of the season that if it becomes that, then you're going to see performances go into rapid decline because team the, the team will not know what their jobs are within the system. It becomes all about how do we create for this one footballer. And let's be honest, it's not Ronaldo's fault. I'm not blaming Ronaldo. I'm not saying Ronaldo's a poor footballer. He is a worldie. He's always going to be a great. He's the greatest player of all time. I've said it before. But United's system does not lend itself to supplying the bullets for him, for the gun. So this is the issue. You see that him and Bruno don't tick. They don't have good chemistry. You see that Mason Greenwood's playing well, but obviously he's kind of pushed out to the, the side of the pitch, to, to the right-hand side. He has to score a goal from 40 yards into the top left-hand corner to, to prove what he is. Jaden Sancho's not getting minutes. Marcus Rashford's coming back. Really, this season was supposed to be about Rashford, Greenwood and Sancho. That was what this team was about and then you could go and play 4-3-3. That was the system that, that people have touted for a long time. And you could still play 4-2-3-1. You know, you could do what Ole does every week. But at the moment, you can't drop Ronaldo. You know, you can't drop Bruno Fernandes. And I think that, that that does tie Ole's hands. But at the same time, 
Scott, you know, Ole has to solve it. And if you don't solve it, you pay for it with your job. Just uh, touching on Paul Pogba's comments again, the line, we need to find something, we need to change something. Before we move on to the potential hint of a manager change, like, I, don't know, I don't know how you as a listener took that, uh, but he could have maybe chosen his words a little differently just to maybe stop that thought process coming from his words. But does he mean, can, can we expect to see a formation change or is it like a back three? Can we, can we expect to see the return of McTominay and Fred for the important games? But we've been there. We know exactly how we know exactly what happens there and we know it doesn't work. We know it doesn't get United to where they want to be. So United would be taking a step back if they, if they go that way. So how, how do you see Ollie re- reacting to this? I think Ollie's going to play McTominay and Fred. I think that's what he'll do, you know, because I, th- I think that he, one of the things that he said in his presser after the game was that we need more legs. Now, I would have rather that he'd said we need to be able to pass the ball better, keep possession, be attacking, be aggressive and all of that. Brendan Rodgers actually said after the game, you know, his philosophy, his own personal philosophy at Leicester is aggression. He said, I coach my team to be aggressive. And if they're not aggressive, I want to know why. You never hear Ole say stuff like that. You never talk about talk about aggression. You talk about he talks about other things, legs. But you know, McTominay and Fred do give you legs. You know, certainly more than Matic and Pogba give you legs. So I think that's what we'll see. On the flip side of it, you know, if he wanted to do something different, well, this would be the perfect time to use Donny Van der Beek, wouldn't it? You know, do something different in your midfield. Be a little bit more progressive. Take the risk of losing the ball, but at the same time, you might be able to progress the ball better with better ball players. So there is that. He's not going to do that, Scott. We, we, we've seen three years of it now. He's not going to do it. It's the same with Mourinho. When it went wrong, I hate comparing it, but Mourinho also had a decent squad and Mourinho could have done different things and he just played the low block over and over again. And when it got worse, the low block got lower. The midfielder, the midfield got deeper. He played more regressive. It got slower and it got to a point where he just went, well, it's almost like a standstill now. So what do you do? Well, what do you do? You sack the manager. So I think with Ole, you know, I think he would love to play 4-3-3. I don't think that he thinks he has the correct personnel. And now he has a player at the top of the pitch that he has to has to look after. Like Ronaldo is the guy, his, his football club. And I think the the clever thing here would be to re uh, uh, kind of re reassess maybe the midfield to the attack and find ways to get the ball into the box. But I look at it and I think, well, if you want to press the ball, you can't play Ronaldo. You know, he's the least pressing forward in the Premier League. And that tells you enough. So it means you probably need to play Cavani or Greenwood up there. Um, will he do that? Will he drop Ronaldo for, for that philosophy? I honestly don't think he will. I think he'll just keep running it back. But Gary Neville said that on Monday Night Football. He said, I would run it back. That's Gary Neville saying it, who knows the football club. He would run back the Leicester, the Leicester formation and the Leicester personnel. I wouldn't run it back. I would not run that back. I would not go anywhere near it again this season. You need to find a way to start winning games. And when I say that, I mean the next 10 games, the next 15 games. You need to find a way not just to beat Atalanta or Liverpool or City. You need to get this season rebooted. And I don't think it's going to happen. I've, I've run out of patience. I'm a moderate. I like to give managers time. I like to watch plenty of football so I can assess it and not base it on 
on a knee-jerk emotional reaction to a game. I've seen enough. I've seen enough. I watched every game for preseason. I've watched every game this season. I've been at the matches. It's it's got to a point now where where I just cannot see Ole pulling this rabbit out of the hat. Yeah, it's a time for managers now. If they had, you know, if they were going to stick to their guns, you know, they would. You mentioned Mourinho, how the the block just kept getting lower and lower and lower. It's a, it's a sense of regression and protection, isn't it? Like if a manager knows that they're under pressure, which Mourinho did in the end. Ollie's, I'm guessing Ollie's starting to feel it now. He's going to go and try and protect himself and try not to have embarrassing defeats. Because it was embarrassing. The Leicester game was embarrassing. It was an embarrassing defeat. Try not to repeat things like that and just play it safe. And even if this week United somehow miraculously managed to beat Liverpool on Sunday, with even it, it, it it's not it's not about results anymore. Like it, it, We've seen it bad to such a point that Faith is being lost. Even you mentioned you're a moderate. Like there's fans who are very protective of Ollie and have been for the past three years. And I'm starting to feel that there's a, a sense of change coming in, even from them. But they're, they're starting yeah. to know it's the end. Absolutely. And I think as well, you know, if you if you're one of those football fans that is a bit more patient, that doesn't need to be, you know, have your ego fluttered every week by watching your football team. You know, you don't need to see the greatest football every week, but you need to see progress or you need to be able to, you know, join the dots in your head about how the team moves forward. Then I think you can look at the performances of the last two years and be okay with them. And that's where I was. You know, I think at the end of the seasons, I was thinking, well, do you know what? I think he's just done enough to go into the next campaign. You've got another transfer window coming up go and buy some players, go and find a way. And if it doesn't work, then the manager goes. And that's exactly how I was with Louis van Gaal. That's exactly how I was with Jose Mourinho. You know, I wanted both of those two managers to be United's coach, you know, Hall of Fame coaches, as I've said before. But Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has a lot of favour because he is a legend. But as I've said repeatedly again, I know I don't want to keep repeating myself, but in the same way that Frank Lampard is and was a legend at Chelsea, it simply does not buy you time. You know, if you're you're getting it wrong and you've spent a ton of money in the transfer market, so with Chelsea, it was Werner and it was Havertz and and a load of other players, that Lampard couldn't get a song out of them and they were conceding lots of goals. And so he left. You look at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, it's like the same song, isn't it? You can hear it. I said at the start of the show, I know it's over by the Smiths. You hear that song going over and over in your brain because you look at these better players and these better members of the squad and it's the same problems and also new problems. And that's not good. Harry Maguire was good last year. This year, he's worse next to Varane. You know, you look at maybe the progression of the fullbacks last season. This year, the fullbacks are both not nearly as good. The midfield is still a problem. And now you've got this all-star attack that has to score goals from 40 yards in the top corner from Mason Greenwood because they can't, you know, can't get the ball through the channel to get a shot off on goal. So like you said there about the Leicester game, um, you know, I think the scoreline flattered United in the end. I mean, you look at the XGs and kind of the more deeper stats around that, it's, it's kind of horrific. But if United have got a technical project behind the scenes, we're not seeing that technique on a football pitch. And that's ultimately what decides how long a manager gets. You know, the results, once they start to slide because of the performances, you know, that gun gets fired really quickly. So the official line out of United at the moment, uh, through all of your 
regular Manchester United news sources that you'd expect to report on any developments, is that Ollie's job is safe. There's a belief in the project. We're going to give him time. Now, he's had approaching three years, I think it is, or maybe three or four years. I think three years. And he's had time. He's had time to establish a philosophy. He's had time to build a squad. That time has run out, but, you know, he, he has to deliver now for me. And we've seen official lines before and votes of confidence come from the same journalists on, I think, take Jose Mourinho as an example. I think there was a brief a few years ago, just before he was sacked, that United still fully backed Jose Mourinho. The next day he was gone. And it doesn't necessarily mean that that is the commitment to the project and the commitment to Ali. It just has to improve. And a result here or there might improve, but I think uh, might improve his position. But I think we're starting to see now that there is deep, deep problems that he has to fix and he hasn't got a lot of time to do it. So we've, we've spoke about Conte and Zidane uh, quite frequently on this podcast over the last few weeks. Um, and there is noise growing in Spain and in Italy about their potential interest in replacing Solskjaer. Now, Mauricio Pochettino has been linked in the past. He's not doing too well with PSG at the moment. I don't know if you, there's a lot of comparisons there between PSG and United having the star power and having to, you know, oh, you want to press from the front? We can't do it with these players, can you? Uh, there's a there's a lot of similarities there between them both, and it's not going too well for him either. Now, there's reports in Italy saying, Antonio Conte is waiting for the United job. He's ready to take a call if one comes in. There was even reports uh, from our, I don't know if you've seen El Chiringuito, Rob, but <laughs> it is uh, it's one of my favorite shows, not for not for the great reasons, but it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, but they, they've been uh, reporting on Zidane and maybe Zidane's been approached by Manchester United, you know, Take these with a pinch of salt, obviously, but this is these are just what's doing the rounds. This will get picked up by the British press, by the, the press you see in the US or press you see wherever. And, you know, the noise is starting to grow. It doesn't always, it might not always be truthful, but it doesn't mean that it's, there's not an element of truth to it. So the pressure is going to start ramping up on Solskjaer now. And these are two of the managers who would be right in line, right? Oh, absolutely. And again, I think when you look at, what Zidane's won at Real Madrid, being at a football club like Real Madrid, very comparable to United in terms of expectations, then there's obvious there's obvious links there, aren't they, with Ronaldo, with Varane, and obviously with Paul Pogba. You know, we just talked about Paul a minute ago, and you know the contract saga is going to rumble on with him. And if United really do want to keep him and say he's lost faith in the project here with Ole, then they're going to have to bring in a coach that looks after Paul Pogba, and that would probably be Zidane. But I do think that maybe at the moment the favourite is Antonio Conte, a guy that came to the Premier League. He won it in his first opportunity of trying to do it. He showed that he's a passionate manager. I think you know, that United fans would actually warm to him, especially the way that he manages from the touchline. He's one of those coaches that that is in it with his players and kicks every ball and kind of lives and breathes the football club. You know, Ole's not that kind of guy. Is he in the same way that Van Gaal wasn't that guy? You know, didn't he kind of just sit in the in the dugout and and assess. But Conte is, is one of those kind of Jurgen Klopp type coaches, Pep Guardiola. And I think the the fact that he is without a job and that, you know, only last season he won the league 
in the division that he was in with his team at Inter Milan uh, in Serie A. I think everything points towards Antonio. And, and United fans are, are kind of a little bit not confused about him. I don't want to insult the wider United fan base, but everyone kind of thinks he's a regressive coach and that he plays defensive systems. Look, what United need at the moment is a system. United need coaching. United need direction. United need a philosophy. This is what we're not seeing. So I think that if you're going to change your manager and you're going to admit that the Solskjaer project is over and that the idea of coaching from within the club is over and you're going to go external again, then I think Antonio Conte is the guy who's probably got the most weight as it stands. Now, there's a touching on Conte for a second. We there seems to be a bit of a split. Now, there's always a split in a fan base. You see it everywhere. You see it at Arsenal. You see it at Liverpool. You see it at United. There's always a split in the fan base and what people think is best for their club. Now, Antonio Conte, as you mentioned, is quite successful. He's won the Premier League before. He won Serie A last season. He is a winner. You know, he's won pretty much wherever he's been since he got that breakthrough. Uh, and, you know, there's just a concern about Conte that oh, he doesn't fit the United identity that they've been trying to build over the last few years. Now, I'll admit there's a, there's a little bit of that in me as well. I think that Conte is maybe the type of person to come in, demand his own way, and then no, I wouldn't wouldn't like to compare him to Mourinho, but there are some comparisons in the sense of it's do it my way and then a mess seems to be left behind me. But United have tried Louis van Gaal, who, yes, he was a... He did well with the Netherlands when he came in and like he was, everyone was praising the way he played football and his tactics. It didn't manifest in the end because the football was boring. Uh, oh, that was really dull. <laughs> that was so dull uh, towards the end. Mourinho is a player, a, a player, a manager who perhaps was past his peak. He was maybe on the downtrend after being sat by Chelsea and United hired him. So United have tried two coaches perhaps who weren't at the very peak of their powers and they've tried the Solskjaer mold of trying to find somebody who knows the club and trying to rediscover the, the identity and that kind of stuff. I've never seen United go for one of the most forward-thinking, you know, modern coaches ever. Like, I, I don't really, or since Ferguson left, I don't really think that they've tried that option of, this guy seems to know what he's doing and seems to know which way football is moving. Now, what do you think that, like, they... They strike me as too scared. I'm not not saying that Nagelsmann would do it, but because he's at Bayern, he's just signed a contract with them, you know. But they wouldn't ever pick out a Julian Nagelsmann or something like that. Somebody who has proven, even at a lower level, that they can coach and their their methods of coaching are what's going to take football forward over the next few years. And there's a few coaches at the top of the tree at the moment who maybe would fit that mold, but United are maybe too scared to do it. Do you think Conte is in that? mode of managers do you think he's the right fit for them how do you do you have any concerns about whether he would leave a mess behind do you think the squad is ready to be taken over by somebody who plays this system what do you think rob no i have no concerns about that because i think a lot of the the antonio conte story when you look at what he's done even in the last 10 years as a coach going back all the way back to his juventus days um you know, we, we hear about, you know, through the press, there's this guy who's diverse, diversive and kind of doesn't uh, doesn't stick around and if he doesn't like stuff, he's off. 
that's just simply not true. At Chelsea, after that two years, there was lots of internal combustion at Chelsea. That's why he left. He didn't want to hang around with that, so he, he walked out the door. I think he was right to do that. And at Inter Milan, exactly the same thing happened. That was not on him. He coached the players. He assembled the squad. He won titles. That's his job. His job is to do that, make the team play good football, find a way and get get trophies and get silverware for the club you work for. And we talked about there about yeah, United's the project and kind of being more Manchester United-like. Well, if we want Manchester United to play attacking football, are we seeing it? No. Are we seeing United be something like the Ferguson era Manchester United? No. This this is every much more like David Moyes. This is more like Mourinho. And now, unfortunately, it's like Van Gogh. And as you said, it was boring. Boring is one of those funny words in football because you can be boring and still win. But United are not doing that either. They're not being boring and winning games and grinding them out through sheer hard work. I think with Antonio Conte, you're right to make that assertion as well about, you know, have, do United look at that that level of coach? You know, I think they would have liked Pochettino not so long ago. Uh, a lot of the rumbles from Ed Woodward were that he wanted Pochettino and Solskjaer's early form as Manchester United interim kind of blew that away. Also, the fact that Tottenham Hotspur had an incredible uh, levy over his head in terms of, and that wasn't a pun, by the way, you know, uh, over in terms I of... it having, was. It was a very... It wasn't. It wasn't good, but it was kind of good, wasn't it? But, um, it, but you know, he was going to cost a lot of money to get to the football club, and it just was something that United were not willing to pay. And we know United do that. You know, they don't like paying top dollar. But at the moment, Antonio Conte, he has a clause, obviously, with his deal that when he was severed with Inter Milan, that he can't manage for a certain amount of time. And again, now the rumbles are that he's willing to forsake that to take on the job out of big, super huge team. And United are that, you know, and I don't think he would be at all afraid of the job at hand. And I think that's really important, Scott, that whoever you bring in, they have to relish this. They have to come in and feel good that their personality is bigger than everyone else and that they can make players work for them. And do you know what? If Antonio Conte came to Manchester United and Cristiano Ronaldo was not pressing or Cristiano Ronaldo was a problem, Cristiano Ronaldo sits on the bench. And I think Conte is a kind of guy who would do that. And I think Zidane is as well. So I think there are coaches out there that that will, will be able to find a system that will both please United fans, but also make United more dangerous. And I think that's where we have to sit now. We have to sit in the court of... What is this Manchester United team? And at the moment, it's not very much. And that has to come down to the manager. His job is to build. His job is to execute. And Antonio Conte proved with Inter Milan. He went there and flipped Serie A back on its head because he wanted to win that title. He wanted to prove himself. And when he came to Chelsea, everyone said the first 10 games, you're not very good. This Chelsea team's not great. He won the title that year. And even the following year that wasn't as successful in the league when they dropped down the table, they still won the FA Cup. So I think that's the standard. You need a manager that can come in and kind of tick all those boxes. I would be delighted to see Antonio Conte in the dugout at Manchester United. I think that if you're going to move Solskjaer on, then there's no there's no good going back to the future again. And maybe like I've heard people say, go and get a Roy Keane, go and get, you know, give the job to Carrick, you know, Steve you Bruce. Keep, Steep keep keep it in available soon. <laughs> it's like, do, do you know what I mean? It's like this. This is just. It's like a. It's like watching a bad soap opera. Sometimes you know, go and get a coach who can do the job. And if you're going to change the style, then that's okay. As long as you go and win games. I like Conte's football. I actually watch 
a lot of that Inter Milan team and how he constructed last season playing a kind of 3-5-2 with the emphasis being on Lukaku obviously being the central point at the top but having a very hard working midfield Ashley Young looked like one of the best uh, wing backs in Europe you know like how did he do that well that's on the coach um and it was and they were a solid system obviously playing three at the back so uh, I I would like to see that at Manchester United I would like to see some system Scott you know, I'd like to see something that resembled modern football some system a system that gets a team looking like more than the sum of their parts that's a it's an old cliche but United look far from it at the moment they are they are much lesser than the sum of their parts at the moment uh Rob I you know, we haven't had too much fun about with United over the last few months or weeks or whatever, how long, however long it's been. So I did want to make the final section of today's show somewhere where I put you on the spot in a sense uh, and we have a bit of fun. So I'm going to put this question to you. You haven't had that much time to prepare, so I'm sorry. But how does, after the, after the Leicester game at the weekend, this, this was my thought, right? So I've never been pro- Conte, I, but I do see the benefits. I see you mentioned how he would not be afraid of this job, how he would take it on and how he would do it his own way. I admire that. I like that. I think United do need that. Whereas I think sometimes Ollie's a little bit scared, you know, he's, he kind of regresses back to what he knows and this kind of stuff instead of taking things head on. I found after the Leicester game that I was thinking, how do 3-4-3 or 3-5-2 work with this squad then? And that was my, I spent my whole weekend thinking about that because, you know, after you see United lose a game and they play at three o'clock on a Saturday and there's other televised games on, there's a 5.30, we're we're speaking UK time, by the way. Uh, There's a 5.30 game, Brentford versus Chelsea was this weekend. There's games on Sunday and that kind of stuff. You can't actually enjoy the rest of the football because United have just been bad or like lost heavily. So I spent my football thinking time for the rest of the weekend thinking, how would a 3-4-3 or a 3-5-2 work with this squad under Conte? So, Rob, what's your thoughts? Well, luckily for you, Scott, this is kind of my job. So, I know, I, I, for me, I've uh, I've considered every system for Manchester United. So, let's talk 4-3. Let's talk 3-4-3 and other systems very quickly. 3-4-3 um, would suit this United team down to, to its core. When you look at the balance of the squad, you know, you look at the back three, you could very, very easily play Varane, uh, uh, to the uh, right-hand side. You can play Maguire through the middle. You could also put, move those guys to the left and play Aaron Wan-Bissaka as one of those three at the back. You could also play Luke Shaw there. You could also play uh, Victor Lindelof. Plenty of options to keep your core there. But I think when you look at, you're saying there, the, the four in midfield and the three up top, and again, we're looking talking systems, if Ant- Antonio Conte came in, he would consider something around those lines. That's what he did at Chelsea. He played 3-4-3. It worked really well. Last season, he kind of played more of a midfield heavy selection. As I said, they were wingbacks playing 3-5-2. That also worked really, really well. Do I see Ole doing anything like that? Absolutely not. He's never shown a kind of hint that he's interested in other systems. I think he likes 4-2-3-1. We know this. And he likes 4-3-3. But I think this team is built to play a different system. And I think it would do it really, really well. Um whether three four three works as a title contending system, because not something we see at the top end of the division, you do see more four three three and four two three one. It does that's just kind of what you see in the modern game. But you do see teams like Brighton, you know, with with Graham Potter setting up in what is a kind of de facto three four three, having a different kind of system, 
and it works really well. You can go and hurt opponents because you're doing something different. You've just got to do it well, Scott. You've got to take the coaching. You've got to do it on the, uh, on the training pitch at Carrington and then reproduce it on a football pitch. That's the issue at the moment. So when we talk systems, yeah, I'd be I'd be totally up for seeing a completely brand new system. And if we any of the coaches linked, they would play something different. I think the only coach that might come to United and do the same system would be Brendan Rodgers, who tends to play 4-1-4-1 when everyone is fit, but he does play 4-2-3-1. He has played that this season quite regularly for Leicester, you know, having Tillersman's playing a lot deeper. And it works there for them. You know, as you said at the start of the season, they've not started as well as maybe they'd want to, Leicester, but they're now showing form. It feels like they've gone to the training ground and worked it out. Whereas on the other hand, it feels like United have played 4-2-3-1 for three years almost and still haven't worked it out. Yeah, bring on three four three. Bring it on. Bring it on next week. You know, I'd love to see a new system. I'd love to see the players try something different. But also, Scott, you can't just magic a system up. It takes weeks to work on, and then to get the results. And United should be in a position now, eleven games into the campaign, where we're not specifically talking about systems. We should be talking about performances. Completely agree. There's a. I did want to ask just before we go, how would that midfield work? under a Conte. Could Pogba sit in a two? Could Pogba work with Fred? Would we be seeing Fred and McTominay? Would we be seeing Donny van der Beek appearing Potentially. for reason? Yes, you would. And, and I think that's it. So if you were going to, say, play into system from last year, which was 3-5-2, and you're playing with wing-backs, then obviously I think Luke Shaw would be one of those wing-backs, first of all, on the left-hand side. That's, I think, an obvious choice. I don't think Aaron Wambasaka would be an obvious choice to play the right side of a midfield. So you might even end up then, if you play that system, deciding that Paul Pogba plays to the left of the three in the centre and that Donny van der Beek comes into the centre somewhere to kind of compensate for a Fred and McTominay. You get rid of one of them. And on the right-hand side, unfortunately for him, you might end up playing Bruno Fernandes. So he wouldn't like that role. I don't think that suits him. It's not really what he does well, but he has played that role before and that allows him maybe to drift in from the right. It would create an imbalance. He couldn't be a wing back, of course. You know, he's not a wing back. He's not not what he what he does, but he does work. He does allow you to do different things on that side of the pitch. So you could have a midfield there that, that was focused on, I think, Paul Pogba's talent and then bringing in Van der Beek as the other ball player in there to help along with it, you still might need a Fred. You still might need a McTominay in the early days because you can't just go and buy someone when the transfer window is closed. But then what do you do on the other side of the pitch? You could play Jaden Sancho on the right-hand side of that midfield. And and again, he's not a wing-back, is he? But it can be done. You know, it's about coaching, as I said. Marcus Rashford, where do you play him? Was one of the front two. Do you drop Ronaldo? Does that front two become about Mason Greenwood and, and, and uh, Marcus Rashford? There's options, you see. So it doesn't matter what system you choose or what shape you choose, you've got tons of options at Manchester United. Let's not pretend that the, the answers to the questions are not already in the squad. Yes, you'd love a good uh, you know, central midfielder that comes in that maybe does a little bit more box-to-box work. Lots of talk, obviously, about Declan Rice's form at the moment in uh, West Ham. I've never been really the hugest fan of him, but he certainly does that box-to-box function. And it could be that United target him as a 80, 90 million pound signing, which would be a lot of money. But he could then knit together that that three in the centre of a five. So, 
Yeah, there is there. If Conte came in, I don't think Conte is going to come in and say, "You've given me a really rubbish squad here. I need to sell a load of players and then buy a load of players." He would bring in talent, of course, but I think he'd have a really good starting point of a squad that was fit to go and win football matches. Just a little bit of escapism from the actual real life awful Manchester United that we're watching at the moment, because there's no two ways about it. United have not been in good form. The performances have not been there. There's a lot of improvements needed. There could be a change on the horizon. We will see. But guys, remember to subscribe to our show. We're on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And follow us on Twitter. You can find us at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob, underscore B, and at PromisedLandMU. We'll be back for you very soon, uh, probably after the Atalanta and Liverpool games have uh, taken place. Maybe the conversation will be different, but going into them, I don't actually feel that we'll be any in any better a place than we are now. Uh, maybe it might be, might be a little bit worse. Unless Ollie has a miracle up his sleeve, we will wait and see. Thanks for listening. Subscribe, and we'll see you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.